The whole COVID saga of 2020 and 2021 was, as I'm sure you can, I'm sure you can relate, the craziest, weirdest, hardest time to have ever been in business in any of our living memories. Some businesses unfortunately closed because the hill was just too hard to climb and it was just the nature of their business. It just wasn't compatible with shutdowns and restrictions. Some businesses exploded with new opportunities and some found new ways to do business. I was one of the incredibly fortunate people to actually have a business grow during COVID. I'm very lucky in that what I do is very digital based and there was a big need for that with shutdowns and restrictions and all the uncertainty. And I don't take that lightly and I, my heart breaks thinking about all the brilliant small businesses that didn't make it out the other side of COVID. And like, I'm not saying that the solutions that I was able to come up with and the things that I was able to harness would have worked in every business, purely because the nature of what I do is really compatible with the online way we had to do things for a while there. But there was a few fundamental things that I did and not just in COVID but have been doing for the last 10-15 years that put me in the best position I could to tackle that challenge when it arose and it actually didn't really have anything to do with business specifically but it was more about things I told and did in and of myself that pay dividends both professionally and personally and those things ultimately put me in this really strong position of being in control in a time when none of us felt like we're in control. That's what I wanted to share with you in this one today is the, the three kind of key aspects I saw, I saw having a big impact in how I was able to survive and I don't want to say thrive because I don't know if anyone really thrived in COVID. It was more about just survive better than others. But I realized in COVID the strong position I'd put myself in using these three fundamental aspects in all the years leading up to it. And if I can just help one working mum or up-and-coming sort of person with a bold vision do these things as soon as possible to put them in the best position as soon as possible, then I feel like it's a story worth sharing. This one gets a little bit personal to you guys, so brace yourself. This is more woo-woo and less business, but I really hope you take something away from it that puts you in a position where you're in more control over what goes on in your life. Ready? Let's jump in. You're listening to Taking Back Joy, a more than marketing podcast. This is where we dive into how to market your regional and rural small business sustainably without being stuck to your screen. I'm your host, Meredith Page, and I was born and raised in a small town full of fantastic small businesses, and now I'm doing the same with my own family. I'm a marketing coach, a mum and a wife, and I want to share with you everything I've learned and I'm still learning about juggling a family, business growth, mental well-being and healthy boundaries. Here we market smarter, not harder, so we can take the busyness out of our businesses. If you're running a small business, raising small humans and trying to make a big difference in a small town, you're in the right place. This is Taking Back Joy. Recently, I was invited to speak at a local women in business event, which was hugely flattering, and it's still something I still don't feel hugely qualified to do. Nonetheless, I said a big fat yes and jumped into it. And the topic of conversation was turning COVID into a chance to change. So many businesses switched gears during COVID, and some of them had survived quite well. Some of them had actually boomed and thrived. And so I was asked to speak as one of those businesses who actually grew during COVID. But when I sat down and tried to isolate 
the determining factors that I felt I could contribute to that growth, I actually realized it had been a series of things that I'd been doing in the 10, 15 years prior that had actually laid the groundwork for how well I was able to survive that two-year catastrophe. A lot of it wasn't necessarily business-centric, but more like life values, boundary-centric. So if that's something I could share with anyone, whether you're in business, a mum, just leaving high school, if that's something I could share with you because the steps all were along the way through those milestones, and if I can just at least get one person to a position where should something like COVID happen again, they're in a really good, they're in a really strong position to stay in control. It's a story worth sharing, I guess. Because the beauty of the position I found myself in COVID most of all was I felt like I was still mostly in control of my space in a time when we all felt really out of control. So I really wanted to share what I, I did to unknowingly prepare myself for COVID so that paid off when it happened. What it really boils down to is this idea of living a life that really closely aligns with your values, your ethics, and your beliefs. Now, that sounds like super woo-woo, like hashtag blessed, hashtag YOLO, but like what does that look like in reality? Like what does living a life aligned to your values actually mean on a day-to-day basis? Well, I'll be honest, it wasn't easy. Um, It wasn't these big, bold statements, but rather it was small, continual steps in the right direction. Sometimes it was scary, like often those leaps into the unknown, I couldn't see the other side, I didn't know where I was going to land, I just had to trust I was jumping in the right direction. Sometimes it was sad, like, you know, I had to learn how to say some really hard no's to some really hard people. Pretty often it was lonely, you know, when you sort of walk the road less travel, it often means you have to get good at walking by yourself. And still believing you're going in the right direction for you, even if no one else is heading that way, yet. And I say yet because I also believe it to be true that every path had someone who took it first. So that someone might just have to be you. And quite often, and this is a really great quote from the show Mad Men, um, if anyone's ever watched it, it's about advertising firm and I think the 60s and 70s. Really good watching if you're an advertising sort of human behavior nerd. There's a really good quote in that show that says it's often about choosing between what we want versus what's expected from us. So what I feel like living in alignment with your values, ethics and belief boils down to it's kind of like three key ideas that I kind of want to isolate. First one, understanding what it means to set precedent when it comes to how you expect to be treated. You have to have minimum requirements for those who are in your space and sometimes you have to be ruthless. Two is knowing your non-negotiables. And you might have heard me talk about these in the podcast before, but these are the things you set in stone and you build everything else around them. They don't move. And three is learning to say that scary no to something that doesn't align with you and trusting that you're actually making space for the yes coming down the pipeline and then trusting the pipeline. So some of the stuff I'm going to share in this episode is both personal and professional. It might get a bit deep and a bit steep, especially with the first one, but I believe the personal and professional are linked and they have a huge impact on each other. And I want to be honest in how when we show up in a certain way on one side, we inevitably see ripple effects on the other. And like, it's okay that the two influence each other. Like we're human. Trying to keep them in separate boxes just doesn't work and will only leave us feeling burnt out and unheard. And like, I really feel like as 
shocking as COVID was. It was good for that. We all suddenly realised how much we were all juggling and that we weren't alone in what we really had on our plates. First one, it's the idea of setting precedent. So this is about being really clear on how you will and won't be treated. This is something my dad actually taught me from a really, really young age. It's a concept he introduced me to oh, probably before I was 10. So idea about how you will be treated and what you will and won't tolerate from family, friends, employers, co-workers, strangers. Like, I've come to believe that nobody gets any free kicks in your life, like bar none. Um, because the minute you allow it in one side, you'll inevitably start allowing it to seep in in others. So it is just better if it's non-negotiable. And this isn't about waving your rights and, you know, getting in people's faces about being, you know, being treated a certain way, but it's about speaking up. And then if things don't change, having the confidence to walk away and go, I don't need to stand here and continue to be treated like this. I will simply leave. I will find better treatment elsewhere. This is not good enough. So this one came really early for me, just after I left high school. Um, and it was honestly one of the hardest ones I learned. But it set the foundation for the people I attracted into my life thereafter. And now the people I have in my life are, frankly, brilliant. Like, I can't believe some days the caliber of people I get to hang out with, professionally and personally. But this one gets deep, and I'll tell you why. I haven't spoken to my mum in about seven years, I think. She hasn't met my youngest child. And that situation wasn't off the back of like a you're dead to me, smack down, home and away, slam the door kind of moment. Um, I realised when I was about 18 that my mum had had a really tough life and a lot of which she hadn't come to terms with. And it was more or less showing up in our relationship in a really like hurtful, negative way. So with a lot of friction, um, as I was going through big life transitions, like I met my then my then boyfriend, now husband, um, I left school, I started work. It was a very big shock to the system for her. And I think it kind of lifted the lid on a lot of stuff she hadn't dealt with. And it was just it was coming at me in a really awful way. Now, I had a lot of people in my immediate space telling me, you know, keep trying, do the right thing. She doesn't mean it that way. I'm sure it's coming from a place of love. And so I, I listened to all these people initially, but it fast got to a point where, A, I couldn't see anything I was inherently doing that was wrong. Like, I had a job, I was paying for a car, I was commuting, I had a good relationship with a very good person, I had good friendships, um, I put university on um, on hold for a year, but I had it sitting there. Like, I felt like I was ticking all these very good boxes for someone my age, and yet I was still getting a lot of this negativity coming from someone very close to me. But then flip side, I was also being encouraged by a lot of people to keep trying to make, make that relationship work, even though I couldn't see what I could was personally doing to make it not work in the first place. And then I had to reach a point where I consider, where I had to sort of consider, would I accept this treatment from anybody else in my life? Now, come, growing up in the age and the environment that I did where domestic violence, no means no, walking away, when all that's been drummed into us as young millennial females, if I was in a relationship with a partner or a boyfriend, would I still be getting the same messaging? If this treatment was coming at me from a romantic relationship or a male, would I be still getting the whole, keep trying, do the right thing, I'm sure he didn't mean it, I'm sure it's coming from a place of love, I'm sure he didn't mean it that way. 
Would that same crowd have been saying that if that exact same behaviour was coming from a boyfriend I'd picked up? I'm pretty sure every woman and man listening to this right now, strong hell no. So, like, of course not. I couldn't allow this one person to set precedent for how I should be treated just because of the position they occupied. And, like, it was draining. It was taking energy and light away from, like, other parts of my life. Like, and these parts of the life are the ones that propelled me forward. So I had to go, you know what? Frankly, I don't care who you are. No, this, this is simply not good enough. I would not accept this from any other person in my life, so I will not accept it from you. And this wasn't about a massive showdown. This wasn't, like I said, wasn't a home and away, slam the door, cut to commercial kind of thing. I simply stopped driving it forward to see what happened. I stopped calling, and so the phone calls stopped. I stopped visiting, and so the visits just stopped from those you know, like you never know what goes on behind closed doors. And those outside those closed doors, there was a lot of opinions floating around. But I decided how I expected to be treated and what I would and would not allow in my space. And thereafter, I've walked away from toxic work environments with absolute confidence that I'll be just fine elsewhere. And they've become instrumental in how I got here talking to you guys on a podcast. But I might not ever have found those people if I'd allowed my life to be cluttered up with those I couldn't walk away from and those who took more than they gave. So for me, rule number one, be careful how you set precedent. Number two is knowing your non-negotiables. And for people that have been listening to me for a while, you'll be familiar with this coming from me. So when I started working for myself, which in early days was like a combination of freelancing and part-time work, I had a very clear goal. And it wasn't about making six figures or a flash house or the dream car. Now, flip side note, all of that is fine. Like if that's what you're aiming for, go for it. If that's what success looks like to you, go for it. But for me, I wanted to get my kids to school age without needing to be in daycare full time. Like no shade on anyone who has their kid in daycare five days a week. You have to do what's best for your family. For me, this goal was for two reasons. One is that I wanted to feel like I was being really present for them and I needed to commit to that being present. I'm the sort of person that will get lost and absorbed in what I do. Like I will work for eight hours straight and then wonder why I'm starving. So I wanted to commit to at least one day a week of like just us time apart from the weekend, which meant no more than four days a week. And that way I knew that if I was getting lost in my work for three or four days a week, I was still having that one-on-one day where it was me and them. And then on the other side of this, in practical terms, working on a minimum wage in a small town, which when I first started, despite having a degree, in graphic design, which is where I started, was never, I was likely never going to earn a massive income. Small town, just wasn't going to happen. And so I was quickly going to reach the tipping point of breaking even on the money I was earning just to pay for the daycare to earn it. Like I'm sure a lot of you guys can relate to that point where it's like, I'm just paying to leave the house. I'm just paying to leave the house and it not cost me too much. So with that non-negotiable in mind, everything I started doing got built around it for the better. So I ramped up my freelance work because that was work I could do at night um, where I didn't have to pay for daycare. But then I realized I was getting to the point where I was working all night and not really being present during the day anyway. So I reviewed the kind of work I was doing. I developed my skill set so I could do better paid, more specialized work. Um, I got more specific on the kind of people I wanted to work with. Like I developed my niche. I got to know my customers better. I developed unique solutions for them. And so now I'm a website designer and marketing coach for small businesses, particularly in regional and rural areas. And I help them market themselves more efficiently and sustainably so they can spend less time stuck to their screens. Now that sounds super duper specific, right? 
And a lot of people said, oh, you'll never make good money working with small business. You'll never make good money in a small town. They're too frugal. There's no money in it. I didn't care because it was the work I enjoyed. And it was the people and I enjoyed. And flip side, I'm now in a position where I was able to down tools on a Friday afternoon and go speak at a business lunch. And then just you know, on a weekend recently, we went away in our caravan for a weekend. Like I don't have a flash house, flash cars, and I'm not rolling in it as such. But I get to spend time with good people. I have a good amount of quality time with my family. I do work that's incredibly rewarding. My clients are like the highest caliber of people imaginable. That's what success looks like to me. But I wouldn't have found it nor been drawn to work with the people that I do if I hadn't shaped my life around what was really important to me. So Rule number two, be very clear on your non-negotiables and structure everything accordingly. And so the third sort of component for this living life in alignment for me was saying the scary no's when they don't align with you. When COVID hit, I was suddenly hit with this massive influx of work. Like all my clients came to me because they're asking for help to jump online. They need to set their businesses up in order for like online orders and pickups and and this whole new wave of customers came in for the same stuff. So like I dove in, I said yes to way too many things mainly because the stakes were a lot higher then. Like it wasn't just about people acquiring customers. It was about businesses trying to keep the doors open. So way much, much more anxiety around my work at that point in time. Inevitably got burnt out, picked myself up, dusted myself up, got some better systems and procedures in place. But as I'm sure we can all appreciate, we all did that in the last two years. Like that was like a chaotic roller coaster learning curve that I'm sure none of us want another ride on. And then one of my larger clients from out of town, and this is not the first client that's approached me and offered me this, um, they came and offered me a permanent position within their business rather than contract work. And like I said, I've been faced with this in the past. And like COVID opened up opportunities for remote work that I'm sure none of us thought possible. And a lot of businesses didn't think viable until COVID came along. And so this was a pretty good deal. Like it would have been secure because I would have been um, paid instead of, I would have been on, you know, payroll instead of, um, instead of a contract. Um, the money would have been there every week. Like I could still be working part-time while my kids were young. There was a chance to work from home. Like it could just mean in reality that I had to turn my business back into a side hustle if not hang it up altogether. And like after a massive couple of years of like hustle and uncertainty, I nearly, very nearly talked myself into thinking this would be like the sensible thing to do, right? And like on paper, it was a sensible thing to do. It was secure. It was, you know, I could do, I could sort of spend time with my kids still. Like I wouldn't have to think about chasing work or finding clients or writing invoices. Like it was, it was sensible in every sense. But I then thought about everything I'd done everything I'd learned and the exponential growth I'd experienced and like I thought about where I was heading, this vision I was building and the idea of what felt like quitting on my dream I'd worked so hard for, like building a flourishing business that worked around my life and my family, I just couldn't. For anyone else, it might have been a smart, sensible thing to do, but it wasn't for me. And so that's what I said. I said, thank you. I said, I was grateful for the opportunity. I was flattered, which and all that was true. I was grateful and I was flattered. But the answer was no. And I was prepared to lose the contract over it. Like they had, to, I had to make the best decision for me. They had to make, make the best business decision for them. And like that was a really hard and scary leap. I had no idea what the other side looked like. But I had to make the decision that set best with me and what felt right. And I had lost contracts over that before, but somehow I'd still made it to here. So I had made it work before sticking to my guns about what I believed. I just, I needed to trust that I could do it again. 
Well, that client went away, had a bit of a think about it, and then actually contacted me later with a better offer under better terms. So it still meant I could build a business and continue to enjoy working with them, but like in a long-term secure way. And the situation that came out the other side of that, like it was a while ago, the situation that came at the other side of that was amazing beyond anything I could have imagined. And I always look back at that and think, what if I'd said yes the first time? Like, what if I'd done the sensible thing? Imagine on what I would have missed that I'm enjoying now. So to kind of bring all that back together, COVID was really a time for me when the hard work I've been doing and the hard decisions I've been making up until this point actually paid off. I was more adaptable to change. I could pivot on a dime. But most importantly, I put myself in a position where I felt like I was in control. I decided what my income looked like. I decided under what terms I made that happen. I decide how I spend time with my family and when that needs to take a front seat. And then sometimes work needs to take the front seat. Like that's what, it's never going to be work-life balance, but it's about you having the ability to choose what you think is right in the moment. And that was off the back of years of making small but profound steps, working towards a life lived in alignment with my values and beliefs. So I really appreciate you listening to this one, guys. Like I said, it got a little bit deep, a little bit steep, but I hope that my story can encourage at least one person in the workforce to be clear on how you expect to be treated or give one mum, you know, trying to juggle raising kids and being on, being like, you know, the one that has to be hands-on. I hope this encouraged one of you the confidence to grow a skill set that can create an income compatible with quality family time. Or give someone who's coming up and sort of still has the big, bold vision, but it feels too far away for now. I want to give you faith in the universe that if you say no to what doesn't align with that big, bold vision, that you're simply making space for the amazing yes that's coming down the pipeline. I hope this, I hope you took something away from this, guys, because I'm incredibly thankful for the position I have today. And I would... Thank you for joining me for another episode of Taking Back Joy. And now over to you. Is there a topic you'd like me to cover in the next episode? Take a photo of you enjoying the podcast from wherever you are in the world. Post it to Instagram. Be sure to tag me at meredithpage.me and let me know what you'd like to cover next. Thanks, guys. See you next time.